Good morning. We're going to start today by reading our passage of scripture. It's Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. And it says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instructions about washings and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal life. And this we will do if God permits. Well, I want to say Happy New Year to you. It's the start of a new year. And uh, I guess Christmas has probably been a bit of a strange one this year. It's maybe not been maybe what we hoped it would be. Um, And as we enter this new year, we're probably doing so with a, a mixture of optimism that things will get better, they'll change and Uh, you know, hopeful news on vaccines and things like that, but also with a sense of the bleakness for some of us of where things are now. So it's my real privilege to be able to to, uh, speak to us about something which I think is important for us to take on board during this coming year. Now, I want to be honest at the start and say that, you know, this is not a New Year's resolution sermon. I personally really, really hate those kind of sermons. You know, New Year, New Year, New Year, New You. And, you know, kind of you hear people making these vows. You know, it's time to get a new personal trainer. It just wasn't working out with Ronald McDonald and Colonel Saunders as my personal trainers. It's time to give up this, do that. And actually, it just ends up a lot of time with frustration. But having said that, I do think that this passage makes a great, great motto for us this year, that as a church, if we were to really take this verse, these verses to heart, there'd be something really good to try and live in the reality of. Now, I have to say, I didn't plan it that way. We just planned out the schedule because we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and it just so happens that this is a perfect verse to start the new year. But, you know, you don't plan it, but sometimes things just work out, don't they? All your ducks are just in a row, you know, uh, a bit like, you know, Liverpool beating Spurs in the 90th minute, uh, a, a Bobby Firmino header just to make Jose Mourinho's Christmas really, really wonderful. Sometimes things just work out, and it seems like this is one of those. Um, last time when we looked at Hebrews, James spoke to us very powerfully uh, with this call of uh, that the writer has for the church to grow up and to mature. He says he has so much for them to hear. The writer says he has so much for them to hear, but he can't because he's held back by their lack of maturity. That instead of being teachers, which so many of them should have been by this point, they still needed to be taught the basics. And James reminded us of that, didn't he? And one of the things that he said was that his mum, uh, his mum Mavis, used to often say to him something like, uh, Uh, why don't you just grow up and act your age? Or the other classic one is act your age, not your shoe size. Well, teenagers, I tell you, you, if your mum or dad ever says that, take off your shoe and it should have the European size number in there, which probably says 38, 42. So actually, next time they say that to you, you can just say, I'm doing quite well if I'm acting 38 or 42. But here we see the writer wants them to press on to maturity. 
And there's a, a sense in which he says, I need you to grow up, grow up. So on the back of what James spoke about and uh, what this passage, the next part of the passage speaks, on, I want to say, let's grow up spiritually. Let us press on to maturity. See, that's the urgent call of these verses. Let us press on to maturity. So number one, what do we mean by maturity? Well, the verse says, therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ, let us press on to maturity. So this is the command. Let's press on, push in. Let's uh, be taken along to maturity. Now, your verse may say something like, your version of the Bible rather, may say something like, let us press on to perfection. And it doesn't mean, it's not a heavy yoke that says, you know, um, somehow you have to be perfect in every single way. It doesn't mean that there's no room for growth and that everything is all time perfect. Rather, it speaks of uh, everything being as could be expected of that point in time, that given where somebody is from, that they are growing and maturing and being perfected in Christ. A bit like if you've got kids and you go to parents' evening, you may have heard a, a teacher say, um, oh, he's a, he's a really good kid. He's really growing up. He's, he's really maturing. Now, when they say that, it doesn't mean that your son uh, who's eight years old has a, a beard, a driving license, slippers and uh, a pipe. But actually, it means that given their life circumstances, they are maturing. And I guess that's the, that's the cry of the writer to Hebrews. He's saying, guys, you need to be maturing given your experience, given the length of time you've been believers. You should be living and behaving differently. And if we're going to press on to maturity, it's a call to live up to the spiritual expectations of growth that are commensurate with, with uh, our experience in Christ. Now, I want to say a few things because sometimes we uh, kind of kick back on the idea of maturity. And I want to say that there are some things that maturity is not. Firstly, maturity in Christian terms doesn't mean simply being uh, clever. It doesn't mean that you understand lots of Greek words or that you have this, uh, this great intellect about Bible manuscripts. Those things can be really, really good. But the kind of maturity that he's speaking about here is maturity, yes, of teaching, but of the heart of lived out, vibrant faith in Christ Jesus. So it's really important that we understand that. Also, maturity doesn't mean being safe or boring. Maturity doesn't mean that we sit on the fence, that we never say anything controversial, that our lives are bland and inoffensive. No, no. Um, we see if we look here uh, later on in Hebrews that they, the, these um, believers are reminded to imitate the heroes of the faith. And their lives were anything but boring. They did tremendous things, took tremendous risks. And I believe actually that as we mature in Christ, we don't become safe, but actually we do become a little bit more risky in terms of dreaming dreams and taking risks on, on really growing in our Christian faith. So, Please, I'm not saying that, you know, to mature in Christ is just to know loads of head knowledge 
or to live a boring, safe life. No, it's to live a life of faith that is filled with the goodness of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, living in the promises of God and and making disciples out of others. And that's really, really important, that idea that mature Christians make disciples of others. So why do we need to mature? Why do we need to mature? Well, firstly, uh, we're called to mature because God has a purpose for us. These people should have been teachers, but were still immature. You know, understand that our purpose as Christians isn't just to grow in ourselves, but it's to grow into the purposes of God. As we grow up, we grow into his person, into the purposes of God. As we uh, come close to him, he sends us out to make disciples of others. And the key thing is these guys should have been teaching others, but they still needed someone to teach them the basics. There is a loss of purpose. There is a loss of God's purpose for us if we don't mature. If we don't mature, we're not making disciples. So we're missing out on doing what we should have been doing. But also, beyond that, if we don't mature, then the lost are missing out on hearing the good news of Jesus. Unless we press on into maturity and make disciples of others, then actually it's not just us that loses out, but it's the lost that so desperately need to hear the good news of Jesus. It's the broken, the afflicted, the addicted who need someone to model and demonstrate and speak the good news of Jesus to them. And that, if we don't mature, not only do we miss out, but the lost miss out. But hey, also the church misses out because the church becomes distracted because we focus on taking care of big spiritual babies instead of equipping saints to reach the lost. And that's really important. You know, time and time again, I see churches that are just, they're geared up to cater for spiritual babies who've been Christians for years, but are still living immature lives. It's almost like the congregation, adult though they may be, are there in baby grows and with bottles in their hand, and the pastors are are guilty because they're enabling it. And if we don't mature, we make church a kindergarten. Now, it's fine if someone's new in Christ. We need to lead them through the basics. But if if we're not maturing as Christians, then the church loses out and it becomes a place of distraction. And trust me, you know, you ask our team, I'm, I'm quite a distracted guy. In our team meetings, when I'm on full-on distraction mode, then actually those meetings are far less productive than they should be. And if church is a place of spiritual immaturity, Christians who aren't growing up, we become distracted from the mission that Jesus has given to us. So what do we mean by leaving behind the elementary things? What do we mean by leaving behind the elementary things? Verse 1 says, Therefore, leaving the elementary teachings about the Christ. In, in encouraging them to press on, they need to understand the basics first. He's not saying that those things aren't important. He's actually far from that. He's saying that these are the building blocks These are the foundational things which are so necessary for our faith. 
but they're building blocks that need to be built upon. You know, you need to have those basics. And as we go through, we'll look at what some of those basics are. And they are so important to ground us in our faith in Jesus. And we need to have that. Much like a baby needs to have milk to grow, uh, but then at some point has to go beyond that onto solids. That's exactly the kind of image the writer to the Hebrews is going through there. He's saying it's not that the, uh, the milk isn't important, but it's a stage, and, and on the back of that comes more. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 3, we read, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tested that the Lord is good. And if you read that passage in context, it comes after uh, Peter explains to them the, the, how wonderful what Jesus has done for them, how they have a new and a living hope. And he wants them to be properly grounded. He wants them to crave pure spiritual milk, not to get hooked just on milk, but so that they may grow up into their salvation. And I guess that's the idea here. The, the foundations that these believers needed to understand are so key and so important, but they're needed for them to grow into their salvation, but they hadn't even got hold of the basics. I don't know about you, if you ever watch MasterChef, the professionals, and these are professional chefs, and sometimes the, uh, the guys will comment, that's a basic technique, this person should know it. And they might be able to cook all this fancy stuff, but they don't know the basics. And I guess the writer to the Hebrews is saying these basics are what you build on. So what are those things? Well, some of them are listed here. And uh, it's really interesting because the first one is that he it says, uh, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instructions about washings, baptisms, and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So the first thing of these basics is repentance. It says here, repentance from dead works. You know, we don't come to Christ without repenting. That means not just to feel guilty of, but to turn around from. Again, the context of this letter written to Hebrew Christians who attempted to go back to Judaism, to what they were familiar with. The, the context of this, the idea of repentance from dead works, almost saying that this old sacrificial system is no longer enough. You know, laying again a foundation of faith towards God. This is the basic attitude, the inclination of our heart towards God of a believer. It's one of faith. It's one that says yes and amen to Jesus. It believes God. It trusts in him. Another one of those things it lists there is instruction about washings or your, your uh, translation may say baptisms. And I want to encourage you that baptism is such a foundational thing in the Christian life. Now, baptism doesn't make you a Christian. It's really important that we understand that. But it is part of the initial, uh, uh, the, the initiatory experience of being a Christian. And I believe all Christians ought to be baptized. 
Now, I believe very strongly that that baptism is not baptism as a child, but it's baptism as a believer who is conscious of their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I don't believe in children's, in babies' baptism because they're not able to do that. In our church, we have dedications. But if you have become a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of his, you really ought to be baptized. And if you haven't been, please do speak to me or one of the other staff team. We'll be arranging some baptisms shortly, and we'd love for you to take you through what that means. It talks here about the laying on of hands. And uh, that was part often of the early church. They would lay hands on people, even as part of a, a baptism service. We do the same. But also is the implication of the impartation of spiritual gifts. And I believe that the receiving and, and of the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is so important for our growth as Christians. And then resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, a reminder that we as Christians understand that there is so much more than the here and now. And if we're to mature, we have to understand we don't just live for this life, for what we see now, for what we can taste, touch and feel, but we live for an eternal kingdom. We live for an eternal king, King Jesus. And we know that the Bible tells us that one day we all will stand before the judgment seat of God. Every one of us, there is a certain judgment to come and we as Christians live in the light of that. See, those foundations are important. They're faith towards God, repentance, understanding new birth, understanding how we are to live. And you know, you need great foundations to build a great building, but the foundations themselves are not the be-all and end-all. We create solid foundations to build solid buildings. Much like learning maths, you may learn some basics and it might seem quite, quite trivial, but the more you go, you might learn all sorts of other complex mathematical things, but you still use those basics. And the basics of our faith, some of these things listed are so important that we get a hold of them, that we believe them, that we live them, because they'll help us to mature. Let's not live our lives being spoon-fed the basics when we could be moving on to maturity. Pressing on to maturity is a decision and a process. Pressing on to maturity is a decision and a a process. It's something that we decide, but that we need to rely on God's grace and enabling his equipping and his spirit to work out in our life. You know, when I was thinking about this, it really took me in mind to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, where, where we read that Paul writes, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my present, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. And I think that that verse is really helpful in helping us to understand what this journey of faith is like, what this journey towards maturity is like. It is us working out our salvation with fear and 
and trembling. It's a decision. It is, there's a, a, an emphasis and a need for us to choose to make an effort to grow in Christ, to grow in God. And yet we also read here this idea that uh, it is God who is at work in us to will and act in order to fulfill his good purposes. So we, we don't work for our salvation. We work out our salvation. It's by faith through God's grace alone. But actually it takes an effort on our part. And in the midst of that, it is God who is at work in us, working out his purposes so in order to grow and to push on to maturity, we need to make that decision that we are going to push on. We are going to press in. We are going to go and start to live up to what God has called us to rather than being prepared to live lives of apathy where we just anything goes. No, we are called to push on but realizing that it is God who is at work in us. He helps us to act according to his purpose. It's never all just us, and it's never all just God. It is us being led by God to take decisions and to rely on his grace to grow on him. You know, that's why in verse 3 here it says, and this we will do if God permits. You know, I'm sure... You know, the writer was convinced, is it God's will for his people to mature? Of course it is. Of course it is. And I believe there's an element of it. Does God want you to be mature? Of course he does. As a parent, would you want to, your kid to mature? Of course you would. And so God is at work in them for their maturity. So I want to ask us, what are we going to do to bring change? How are we going to continue to grow up into maturity? First of them is to be people who love the Bible. Now, if you struggle with reading, I want to encourage you, get an audio Bible or watch someone reading it on YouTube. I've got an app where you can get uh, David Suchet, the guy who was Praro. It's a really good way to listen to the Bible being read. And to really read and study the Bible is really important. James went through some of those things last week. You know, be a part of church. Be committed, regular at church. It will help to grow you. Serve others. Serve in the ministries of church. It will help you to grow up spiritually. Join a life group. Be in a place where you share life with others. Be regular at Bible studies. You know what? Also make choices. Make choices. You know, sometimes Following Jesus isn't easy and we want to default to just the easy thing. And if we're going to grow up, we have to make choices, step out into new things. I don't know if you, well, I'm sure you have seen when a, a mum or dad is wanting their baby to walk and they're kind of holding them under the armpits, trying to get them to take steps. They're encouraging because they know that they need to step out. And as they begin to walk, sometimes they fall. Now, the parent doesn't just say, okay, we're going to quit this learning to walk business. No, they pick them up, dust them off, and begin to help them walk again. And to, to grow in Christ, you know, get busy, get serving others, get involved, and actually step out in faith. And if you fall over, well, get dusted off, but keep on pressing in to Jesus. Let's leave behind sinful habits. Let's leave behind things that we know 
don't honor God. Pursue living a life that honors God. Pursue right things. You know, that, um, that sense of, of mature, uh, mature Christians are those that make disciples of others. That is so, so important. Again, this is the heart of this passage, that these guys should have been teaching others, but they were still in spiritual infancy. You want to grow in your faith, share your faith. I was really heartened. I was talking to a guy in our church just last week, and one of the guys who's just come to the Lord, literally the week he'd come to the Lord, he was out sharing the good news of Jesus on the streets with this guy from our church. I love that. Witnessing, sharing your faith will help to grow you as a disciple. Share what you have with other Christians. Begin to disciple someone else. And then the um, we saw in last week, uh, James talked about this idea of training your senses to discern right and wrong. Work it out. Put your heart into it. So really pressing on to maturity. What, what will that do for us? Well, firstly, it will make us bear fruit in our relationship with God. If we press on to maturity, it will make us bear fruit in our relationship with God. We become more like Jesus. We know more of God. We want to be in his presence. Secondly, it will make us bear fruit in our own life. As we press on to maturity, as we become more Christ-like, we develop a Christian character. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is at work in our life. We stop doing what was wrong and we start doing what is right. We start changing from the inside out. And then lastly, it makes us bear fruit in the life of others. You know, in my first draft of this, when I was writing out my sermon, it said uh, it, it makes us bear fruit in the life of otters. No, it's not river creatures. God wants you to bear fruit in the life of others. And as we mature in him, we begin to impact others with the good news of Jesus. What's a mature disciple? Someone who loves God, who grows fruit in their relationship with God, who grows Christian character in their own life and enjoys fellowship with fellow Christians and bears fruit in the life of others. So my challenge to you as we think, think about where we go this year is to encourage you, to encourage you as I encourage myself. Let's press on to maturity. Let's grow in our faith. Let's make disciples of others. So I want to ask you this afternoon in response to this sermon, write down a list of things that you are going to do to to grow in your maturity this year. Yes, it's reliant on God, but write down some things, some changes that you want to make. Are there things that you need to grow into And also, are there habits and patterns that you need to grow out of? And then lastly, how are you going to track and measure that? And one of the things I would just invite you to do as a simple act of response is to make the decision to share the elements of your life with somebody and get them to help you grow in your relationship with God. We're just going to go now into a time of worship. During this time, worship King Jesus for who he is. I'm just going to pray before we do that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that it is your desire 
that we go on to maturity. And I want to pray for every person watching this, God, that this year we would grow, that we would push on to maturity in Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Let's worship our risen King Jesus.